This is Bangarang Radio, a podcast network. For more shows, visit bangarangradio.com. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza on Bangarang Radio. Well, here we are. I don't know what to say. It feels great to be back here on the Bangarang Radio microphone and doing new episodes of Pop Punk and Pizza. Took uh, way too long off. It was originally supposed to be just a couple months and turned into a little bit longer. Had a move, and but anyway, all right. So enough of that. Um, I do want to mention the Green Day tribute band I play in here in the Chicagoland area has another show coming up Tuesday, December twenty sixth at House of Blues Chicago for nineties Palooza. We're playing with Don't Speak, which is a no doubt tribute. Ten, a Pearl Jam tribute, and then uh, Santiera, which is a Sublime tribute. It's a seventeen plus show. Starts at seven thirty. Tickets are actually five. Or tickets are. 10 bucks each at LiveNation.com. And I think there's actually some kind of special running right now where you can get tickets for as low as, as 5 bucks. But anyway, I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. So we're getting back to Pop Punk and Pizza, and I'm super stoked to have Gary Weissman on once again. I've podcasted with him a couple different times, and actually his brother, uh, him and his brother Mark, have have uh, done a podcast here on Bangarang Radio Dot com. If you want to check it out, it's called uh, Creep Show Horror Club. They don't have any new episodes out right now, but they've got a good, uh, good handful, if not more, of episodes that you can check out now that they've put out in the last year, and they've done a really good job on them because they spend so much time going through research on each topic that they do. So it's definitely worth checking out if you're into creepy stuff, horror stuff, all that kind of fun stuff. They, like I said, they do a really good job at it. But anyway, so Gary Weissman of Louder Now and also of The Fastest Kid Alive is on the show today. I think we had a really good conversation, honestly. One of the best conversations I've had on Pop Punk and Pizza. I think it's because I've known Gary for a while now. Mainly, I've known him in the last five years. We've I've had him do a lot of different designing projects for either the projection or for other things that I've been doing. And so we keep in contact. And Louder Now is, uh, was actually on one of the uh, very first episodes of Pop Punk and Pizza. I believe it's episode two, two or three. So if you want to go back and, and check that out after you listen to this one, that's cool. We, we do talk about Louder Now a little bit in this episode, but mainly... I had Gary on the show to talk about The Fastest Kid Alive. Now, if you're from the Chicagoland area and you've been around this, the you know the pop punk, pop rock, emo, screamo music scene for the last 10 years, you know how big of a deal that The Fastest Kid Alive was about seven years ago or uh, maybe eight years ago. Um, and then... They uh, they kind of went on the back burner, and Kyle, the bass player from Fastest Kid Alive, started Real Friends, and so obviously Real Friends has been has been a really big success for him and everyone else, which we're all really stoked about. But before that, there was Fastest Kid Alive, and they put out 
some awesome music. They had a really good following. I had the chance in my old band, The Projection, to play some shows with them, was which was an ex- was which was an honor to say the least. So anyway, they are back actually playing their first show in over five years. They're going to be playing in Tinley Park coming up later. Uh, this month, uh, this month of November. So we talk about that show and how this show got brought about and if this is considered a reunion or not or if there was ever an official breakup. All those questions kind of get answered and we just we just have fun, Gary and I. So, I, so this episode, there's actually no music at all being played in this episode because I think there, Gary and I had such a, a great conversation that I think... I think you'll enjoy it, and if you don't enjoy it, you can always reach out to me on social media and tell me how much you think it sucks. But Gary Weissman, always a great time to have you on the show. So let's get to our uh, conversation with Gary. Hey. What's up, dude? How's it going, man? Good, how are you? I'm I'm doing well, just uh enjoying a Sunday, you know. How about yourself? Yeah. Absolutely. What are you doing today? I'm good, man. I just picked a uh I picked up a new guitar pedal and I've been playing with it for about ten hours since I got it. Whoa. <laughs> what record or what pedal did you get? It must be uh pretty uh elaborate pedal if you've been playing with it for that long yeah i i got the uh the helix lt oh it's, uh, a modeler so i can kind of it's insane the amount of stuff you can do with it and that's why i got it because between three bands there's a lot of different tones that need to happen so um i've just been dialing in all the all the tones i need for louder now and the tones i need for the new band and the tones i need for the fast kill live stuff so Okay, so as like a part. So, no, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say it's, it's part figuring it out how to use the thing and and also dialing in the right tones that I want to use. So it's it's taking quite a while. So can you choose like a bunch of different presets that you set yourself? Is that how it works? Yeah, so I can I can use their preset effects and tweak them, or I can start from scratch and build my own using whatever amp I want, whatever cab I want, preamps, all that stuff, and then I can go add stomp pedals if I want delay and reverb and modulation and kind of all that stuff. Oh, my gosh. You can really you can get crazy with it. There's, like, an insane amount of possibilities. <laughs> That's intense. I, I like that, yeah. though. But I can Well, now I can see why you've been spending how, how, much, <laughs> how much time with it now. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's insane. It's, how much do those things cost? Um, the Helix LT is a thousand, and the Helix Four, the bigger one, is fifteen hundred. Holy cow! I was gonna say that thing can't be cheap. <laughs> no, but wow. I mean the, the upside of that is you don't have to have an amp. You can literally plug it direct. So when we play live, I can XLR out of this right into the board, and it sounds like I have an amp and two caps on stage. Okay. So, I was that was going to be my next question cuz I think it's been a long time since I heard anybody talk about doing that. I think it was probably 4 years ago. I was I think it was on it was probably one of the last tours I was on and they were talking about this one band they don't even use cabinets or or 
heads or anything like that. They just use one of these uh, modulators. And yeah, uh, wow, that's, that's how that's how louder now has been since we started. We've never ever used amps on stage. It's always been pods. Really? And, uh, I can't believe I yeah, never never I've never noticed it because I I mean I did see one show um, last year and. Mm-hmm. I could have swore, I guess, I don't know, I could have swore, I guess, that I saw amps on stage, but I guess I didn't, or I just didn't notice, but it's so serious. No, we have, uh, we have our, each of us, me and Keaton both have a pod. Uh, in the beginning, we both had the uh, Line 6 HD, he had the HD 590 X3 Live, and then we both recently made the jump to the Helix. Okay. So. Which is definitely a step up from line six. Well, it is it is line six still. Oh, it they, is line six they still. Up, yeah, they okay. stepped up their game significantly with this this product. It's insane. Wow, I'm so, gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, man. I've been watching just countless YouTube videos on how to use it and what it can do, and there's a ton of information out there. So, yeah, man. So what uh, <clears throat> what sound are you? working on right now for like what do you use for like let's say like distortion um so if i go to the let's see if i go to the louder now set list i can look at my heavy my lead like distortion tone is a 5150 dv eddie van halen amp okay yeah (laughs) and i have uh a compressor on it. I have a octave pedal in there if I want to use it because I need that for some of the solos. Fifty-one fifty amp, uh, one twelve US Deluxe cab, and then a noise gate and a volume pedal and some reverb if I want. My gosh, that it's still yeah. just mind blowing. I, I guess, and, I, and it's all just buttons in front of me, so like I can turn things on and off if I need them. So if I if I put the effect itself on, it's just the amp and the cab and the compressor. And then if I want, I can foot switch over and tap on some reverb. I can tap the octave on for a solo and shut it off when I'm done. It's insane. Like, there's a, we're doing this unique one at the end of the night, um, Saturday, and one of their, one of their songs has this really, like, crazy rich sounding lead line, and I figured out how to how to tweak that myself and have it ready to go so that when I get to that part, I can just step on a button and it's right there. So like if, let's say you turn it on and you decide, you know what, I don't want the, I don't want the delay anymore on this certain sound. You can easily take that off at that moment in time or am I? Yep. Okay. Step on a button, turn it off. I can also set it up to where the way I save the preset, whenever I go to that, that preset, the distortion will, or the delay will automatically be off unless I turn it on. Okay, gotcha. So this is, I've, I, I'm going to have to like Google a picture because I've never actually seen one, but I, what I'm picturing is just like a, is it like a big board in front of you, in front of you where you can uh, hit these certain yeah. things? Okay, gotcha. Yep. Wow. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go, um, next time I go to one of your shows, I'm going to have to like check this thing out. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have them there now. (laughs) I'm very curious about it now. Well, that's cool, man. Good for you. Yeah, that having having that at your fingertips will definitely uh, be really time consuming for sure. So, and I mean, since you never had that for fastest kid alive, I'm sure you're really trying to uh, figure out 
like, okay, try to get that tone maybe that you had for that band back in, yeah. you know, five, six, seven years ago, you know. Yeah. Because what, what were you rocking back then? I still have it. It's sitting right in front of me. I'm actually listening to the, the pod through my amp. Uh, it is a Line 6 Duo Verb combo. Okay. I For some reason, and, uh, I thought you had an orange. No. No, I we use oranges in the studio, so all our recordings are oranges. Okay, but um, as far as what we played live, yeah, I had to do over a combo, and I, I love love the distortion tone I had on that, and I found something that's very similar uh, in this pod. And you can also like some of the options for amps and cabs in this are orange, so I could get the exact studio sound if I wanted to. Oh, that's that's cool. That's very yeah, cool. Similar. Um, I remember the only Line 6 that I owned was one of the really crappy 2x12 combos. Um, and it was okay. a, oh, it was like one of the Spider amps, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was a Spider 2. And yeah, a lot of people had the Spider. It was like a big deal when it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That was a really, I think, uh, the, uh, at that point, people were kind of worried about tube amps and then they kind of they they're still prevalent you know and they <clears throat> they, yeah. de- they decide you know we're going to start to make these smaller tube amps and then that's been right. popular but um no it was just i mean it was crappy compared to other line six products because i remember my bass player his dad and i can't remember the name of it but he had a line six um head that was actually tube and I'm trying to remember what they called those. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like a big thing. It was like 150 watts, this thing. No, I, I'm not sure. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, they probably, I don't know if they still make them or not, but it had all the different modulings and things like that in it, but it was actually tube. It was a legitimate tube, and I wish I could remember. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was really awesome. I wish I could remember the name of it, but I can't. Um, but anyway, so... So yeah, when I think of line six, I think of my crappy spider, <laughs> spider two. <laughs> so my wife just told me yesterday that she used to have a spider when she first started playing. <laughs> I think, like I said, I think I think everybody, everybody did. That was my first guitar yeah. guitar amp, and I'm trying to remember what I went to from there because I've had several. I had a. I had a, you can probably hear my cat. <laughs> um, he's <laughs> meowing in the background. I thought he'd be quiet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think he's wanting to get out and he's an indoor cat. So he's kind of ah. stuck. But um, no, I had uh, I had a crate, a crate head. It was a blue, blue voodoo, I think is what they called them. And I think they still make okay. those. And then I had a PV... I had the Joe Satriani or Joe Satriani, um, yeah, signature, and that was a beast. Nice. That was a beast of a yeah. thing, man. Oh my god, that was like a. I think that was a. It was 120 watts or some ridiculous thing like that. <laughs> I don't know. And of course, I had a couple. I did have a couple Marshalls too. So yeah, it just you know now I have an orange and I've never gotten rid of it. So you don't need to. No, I, yeah, I don't. I don't need to. Although, if I really wanted to be technical with, you know, playing in the the Green Day tribute band, I would probably go down the road of a Marshall or or mm-hmm. a, or a Fender or something like that. But I don't. I don't think I need to be that picky. So, how often do you guys play out? 
Oh, uh, not very often. Um, I mean, we have we have a, sh- a show next month at House of Blues. Uh, just, and we that was the first show I played with them last year. It was like the same kind of thing. It's like a, a holiday recovery thing right after Christmas, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's literally the day after Christmas, so I'm I'll be interested to see what kind of turnout it's going to be. Yeah. Of course, it's a cheap show, you know, and there's a bunch of other tributes playing. So, um, sweet. And then they're actually we do have a show in January. We're playing. Black Sheep, which I know you guys play there a lot, and we've never—I don't think I've ever played there, at least with these guys. So yeah, that's uh—it's an interesting one. You it's not—we're playing there December twenty-ninth, uh-huh. and uh, the last—the first time we played there, the sound guy was so bad that we hired our own sound guy the second time we played there. Okay, and. It's just, it's tough to get a good sound in that room, man. It's very, very loud. Is it just very bouncy and big uh, yeah. ceilings and it's very, tall ceilings? It, yeah, it's so loud that it, it almost starts to sound muddy at a certain point. So Ooh. just make sure that someone is, is paying attention to that. And, you know, don't be afraid to tell the sound guy to take it back a couple yeah, yeah, that's so. uh, <clears throat> that's no fun. We've we've definitely some of the places we've played are. I mean, I haven't we haven't played that many shows, but like I said, we don't play out that often. I think this yeah. is since I've joined since last December, we've played three shows. I think okay. so. It's it's not it doesn't happen that often. They used to play yeah. when they first started, and I remember because I had seen them a couple times. This has been probably six seven years ago they played yeah. they played almost every weekend and they played just practically anywhere you could think of all these different dive bars and stuff and they would literally do like three hour shows and they, and you can play a lot of green yeah. day in, uh, in that amount of time and i think they just kind of burnt themselves out i think is what yeah. ended up happening and so then they got hooked up with um i think I think you guys know him, um, and maybe you guys do booking with him. His name is Josh. Um, I can't think of what his company is called. Double D? Yes. Do you guys yeah, do stuff that's our, with... That's booking okay, that's what I thought. I thought I had heard that from uh, Vince, who's the lead singer uh, for St. Jimmy, and saying yeah. that you guys um, booked with him too. But yeah, he's our booking agent and i think they got you know they got hooked up with him maybe a couple of years ago and cool. or maybe it's been longer than that so they just kind of whatever they throw or whatever josh throws their way then consider it otherwise i don't think they hammer down on it which is fine with me for right now because as you know life is crazy over here so it's not like i anytime for you <laughs> yeah and well uh for you too man congrats on the house Thank That's you. great, I and of course, it, um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we've talked since your wedding too. So I should say congratulations officially. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I know I, I can. It, yeah. I know I congratulated you at at the time on probably on Facebook, but you know I'll go ahead and say it now because I think you were probably engaged when you guys were on the show about a year ago, right? Um, no, I I yeah, don't know. Yeah, a year ago. Yeah. Year ago, I would have been engaged. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So, For sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, of course, since you've been on the show, Louder Now is, you know, you guys are kicking ass. <laughs> you guys are everywhere. 
It's fun, man. We're yeah, it's it's been it's been busy the last couple months for sure. Um, which we we all kind of were like, whoa, you know, we were used to playing our you know once a month, maybe twice a month, and then it got to be like some months were like four or five shows a month, and you know, it's it's crazy. Like I didn't realize how difficult it would be at sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like we we played in Peoria on a Saturday night. And that's two and a half hours south. And then we had to be home to load in at noon the next day Ooh. to play an outdoor gig in Orland. Ooh. And man, that'll that'll tear your voice <laughs> out for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, how does, uh, is it Dave? Is that your lead singer's name? Yeah, Dave sings um, the majority of it, and then Keaton and I both sing as well. That's true. Yeah, you guys do some stuff. I'm trying to remember Keaton... Oh, uh, what's did he do? Some was it? Th- was it thrice or what was it that? Yeah. Okay. It yeah, was thrice. He sings, he sings thrice and Coheed and Cambria. Okay, that's what I remembered. I see. Yeah, that's that's his. Anything that's like got really high vocals, he's good at that stuff. He and is. He loves thrice, so he wanted to sing that really bad. Right. Yeah. No. Um, he's got the he's got the upper range. Yeah, definitely. And then I sing. Um, Dave Dave doesn't like Blink at all. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like whenever we get to a really pop punky song, they're like, "Okay, Gary's gonna sing this one because <laughs> that's kind of where where I fit in vocally with everything." So right? Yeah. I sing Blink and Simple Plan and um, American Hi-Fi and stuff like that. So okay, I guess yeah. I don't know if I remember that from the one show I saw because. <sighs> I'm trying to remember if I want to say maybe you did sing them, and I just I can't remember. I remember you doing some singing, but I just don't remember which songs. But yeah, we know. haven't had Blink in the set for a crazy long time. But since we started the band, we've had Simple Plan and uh, American Hi-Fi Flavor of the Week. So okay. those are kind of staples. The American Hi-Fi is, is almost always in the set, just because it doesn't really fit with what Loudernout does. But right. it's a song that everyone knows so well and everyone sings along with. So right. once we started seeing the reaction it was getting, it was like, all right, we'll leave it in there. Oh, yeah, everybody knows it. It's kind of like, they were kind of like a, I mean, I know they had another hit from that album, I believe. Yeah. But that's the one that everyone knows. It's kind of like um, SR71 with that one freaking song, and I can't remember the name. Right of it, now. But I, is it right now? Um, yeah, and I pushed to get that in this band so hard when we started, even though it's it's not really, like, it doesn't really fit the, what, what Loud or Not does with the whole, like, emo thing, but it's no. just such a recognizable song. Oh, yeah. It's and a- I always lean towards those that, that are kind of outside of what we're doing, but I know, like, I've, I've been pushing for Stacy's mom for, like, over a year. Oh, man, I bet, I, I bet that... I can't get it in. <laughs> I was going to say, I can just imagine, I'm just imagining myself sitting in the room with you guys and you bringing that up yeah. and everyone just looking at you like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are yeah, you thinking, Gary? <laughs> not into it. But yeah. we, so because of that, um, I initiated this, this thing where we, we meet up and practice every Monday night and we meet up at a bar across the street from where we practiced before that. So okay. we go to the bar talk about the band, talk about business stuff, or just hang out for like, you know, two hours, and then we go across the street and practice all night. So I started thinking about how there's going to be a lot of songs that I'm going to want to do, but they're going to shoot down. So I was like, we should have a free pass where everybody gets one song 
that we get to play that nobody can say no to. And that way it keeps it fresh, you know, so we're not just playing all these songs that we're sick of playing or bored of playing every week. And we can kind of do something that we want to do as long as it makes sense. Yeah. Like we're not going to be like Metallica, you know, stuff like that. But, <laughs> well, you could if um, you really I wanted think, to. I mean, I guess we could, but Casey's <laughs> mom to me fit within that where it's still kind of got that pop rock vibe. Right. And you could get away with it and everybody knows it. Yeah. So I haven't picked mine yet, but it's it's probably going to be Casey's mom. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh, I hate you yeah. so bad. But so, it'll be interesting to hear what they pick, you know, yeah, in return. Some of them are already used theirs. Um, some of them are amazing. Is that what you said? No, some of them. Some of the dudes have already picked their their free pass. Like Keaton, um, I don't remember if Keaton's on it yet. But Dan, our bass player, picked uh, Rise Against, Ready to Fall. Oh, nice. Which is fine because I mean it, it fits the whole thing. But if oh, it were yeah. up to us, we wouldn't have chosen that song to do with the band. So he got right. He, that's how he got it in. Right. You've <laughs> um, just picked a four year strong song. Oh. Um, yeah, so we'll be we're working on that now. It should be should be ready in, in a month or so or something like that. But okay. it's, they're they're hard to pull off. Yes, yes, they are. And I was going to say, I I mean, I don't know. I think that sort of. I know it doesn't maybe fit in with the whole emo thing because it's you're getting into the easy core um, yeah. aspect of things. But I feel right. like a lot of people that are into what you guys do probably listen to four years strong a little bit maybe i don't know yeah i could be yeah. wrong and there's a there's a lot of bands that have that crossover that we should be doing and we haven't done anything yet like this we could do a lot of stuff like mayday parade and Maine and yeah. all those 2008 neon bands that you know forever the sickest kids stuff like that we, we oh, yeah. should open up a whole nother door of that stuff if we ever right. get bored of what we're playing so and probably we'll event- see what this next year has Right, and probably eventually, with, with you guys playing so often, you're probably going to have to actually put some of those into freshen up your show. And you guys obviously yeah, know definitely. that you're smart. You know, you're all smart. You're probably going to think, well, we got to, you know, we're going to have to throw some of this other stuff in to freshen ourselves right. up. So that's always the hard part is is phasing out songs that you think should be, you know, some people think they should always be in the set. Some people never want to play them again. <laughs> yeah. Um, this band has definitely ruined a lot of songs for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what, okay, well, for instance, like what song has this band ruined for you? If I never hear The Taste of Ink by the used again, <laughs> it could not be soon enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I never hear again. Yeah, I could see that. <clears throat> yeah, I can and definitely it sucks see that. Because I, I think it's a great song, and I think before this band, it was one of my favorite songs by them, and now I, just, I hope I never have to listen to it again. Yeah, of course. I mean, we were just talking about how many shows you guys have played too. So you've played it a lot. You probably play that song every single show, right? Yeah. It was at that, and we we also switched up. Um, each one of us gets to pick the set list for the show. So oh snap. If we have five shows in a month, we'll all end up picking the set list for one of those shows. You can put whatever you want in it, and you can take whatever you want out of it. So okay. the only person who actively puts that song in the set is Dave, because he loves it. And if any of us are choosing the set list, that, that, that song will not be in there. 
<laughs> nice. We all kind of feel the same about that song. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I just love listening to the band. The band politics. It's great. I do like. Mm-hmm. I I do really like the way you guys do the set list, though. That's really cool. It does kind of keep um, a balance a little bit, and that yeah, way people for sure. And that way everyone is getting what they want at some point or another, and it's not just always like okay. It's Gary's job to put the set list together every week and right. all that mumbo jumbo, yeah. whatever. You know, Definitely. that's that's cool. Um, how about is there any like My Chemical Romance song you're sick of playing? Because I could picture that too. <laughs> um, well, we only do we only do I'm Not Okay and uh, Helena. Okay, and I don't like playing Helena because. It's just super, it's like really fast-paced and weird chords, and I have to sing harmonies on it, and the harmonies are so high Mm -hmm. that it's like, it's really easy to blow out your voice on that song. Oh, I bet. Which I have done many times, so I always get a little bit nervous when we're going to play that song, but it's never been anything too crazy. Right. And what you guys are doing, you still doing two-hour shows, or are you doing longer than that? Um, it's usually about two and a half hours with a little okay. time, maybe 10 minute break in between. Sometimes there's no break. So, right. It's, it's about two hours, two hours and 15 minutes of just music. Okay. So that's about, that's about the same as before then. It's always yeah, been about the about same. 36, 36 to 40 songs a night. That's a lot. That's a lot of tunes, yeah. man. That's definitely yeah. a lot of tunes. Um, well, I'm yeah, I'm really glad to hear that's going well and and everything else seems to be going well for you. So, it's always good to hear, man. Um and then I mean, you guys announced this as it been almost a month ago, you announced the fastest kid alive uh show. Yeah, probably probably a month, month and a half maybe, right around the end of September, beginning of October. That's what I thought. And I mean, obviously that was the main thing I wanted to talk about today because I mean, <laughs> the fastest kid alive is probably I mean it's one of the 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 more well known bands from the the south suburb scene in you know the Chicagoland area and you guys haven't played and I want to say it was f- probably 2012 right yeah five years ago we haven't played together in five years and we still haven't practiced for this show so it's gonna be interesting <laughs> right well real friends has been on the road because we were trying to right. set up we were trying to set up this phone call. And I was like, have you guys practiced yet? And they're like, well, no, Real Friends is still, they're just getting back from, you know, Europe. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw that because I saw pictures on Instagram and I liked them and I completely forgot about that. Um, So, I mean, what brought about you guys doing this show? How did it all? Uh, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Like, It's something that we've kicked around for maybe two years. Um, just kind of like, would you ever do it? And, and it was like, yeah, I would do it. You know, would you do it? And sure. Yeah, we'd all do it. But then we never kind of put it into action. And then, uh, we kind of came back to the idea in the beginning of June and talked about it and got everybody on board. And, uh, Dave Knox is playing drums for us. And he was, I think if anything, he was one of the biggest opponents of this. Like I just, I want to do this with you guys. I think it'd be fun. We should do it. And Mark and I and Kyle have always been willing to do it. We just never actually planned anything out. So I kind of started 
thinking maybe maybe it'd be fun to do it. And then once everybody agreed to do it, I said, well, why don't we just do like a whole throwback thing and see if we can get some of the older bands that were bigger at the time to to reunite for a night and do like a traditional hometown throwdown how we used to do. Because, I mean, back in the day, we, we would put on a hometown throwdown and there were 700 kids there. So yeah, the... why not? You know, it's definitely not going to be the same now because the scene is significantly different than it was back then. But um, well, there's been a... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no you go I, ahead, man. I was going to say there's there's a there's been a lot of interest since we announced the show, uh, a lot more than any of us expected, I think. Well, so to see people excited about it is it, that in itself is is awesome. Well, how could they not? How could they not be? I mean, you guys haven't played in five years, and then the yeah. other bands that you got on the bill were also, um, you know, significant in the scene. Around that same time, like yes. you said, that was the idea because Asteria's on it. Breathe electric, uh, breathe electric. Uh, the forecast, which I was like, the forecast, because I mean, the forecast. Don't they still kind of play around here and there, or do I have that wrong? I mean, he. So he, as the forecast, that was like 2006 for him, and uh, since that, I mean, he's he's had a bunch of different projects. Um, him and I and my brother were in a band together for a very short amount of time called Brightest. And oh yeah, I remember he, that. I completely forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was fun, and that was a lot of. I mean, a lot of that was Joe songs that he had written anyway, and, and Mark and I just kind of came in and wrote other parts for them, or, or made them more full band parts and things like that. And then we played a couple of shows, and I'm always the guy that quits the band, so I, I quit that band shortly after that. <laughs> Gary, Gary's but the heartbreaker. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm the one who's who's difficult to be in the band with and, and I understand that, but you know, we, we did that for a little while and then Joe uh focused a lot on his solo solo stuff and he and Joe's always and I feel like every album he puts out gets better than the album that was previously put out. So I mean he's a super talented dude, but yes. um we asked him if he would if we would be willing to play the show and do some of the old forecast stuff. And uh yeah, he said he was fine with it. So he's gonna do he's gonna do a mix of, of a little bit of new stuff and a little bit of old stuff. So that that'll be fun. That's awesome. All right, so yeah. I, I have something to admit that I'm I'm ashamed to right now. <laughs> okay. Um, and maybe this is just because of my age or or where I was located at in the scene, but I did not realize Joe was a part of the forecast. I be, I only knew Joe as Joe. I've never known him okay. to be. I was just thought it was just his solo, you know, stuff, and that was it. I didn't know that he was a part of the forecast. Like I didn't know that was him. I had no idea. The, yeah, I mean, well, there's okay. So there's there's two different bands called the Forecast. Oh, so that's where I'm getting confusing con- them. Maybe that's what I'm getting confused with because the because the, there there was a band called the Forecast on Victory, and they had four or five people, and there was a girl who sang in the band, and they, I mean, they're a, but this is that was F O R E cast and joe was f-o-u-r oh see that's that's exactly where i'm going to confuse that's the band i'm thinking of yes were they also part of that band okay gotcha but i still didn't know he had um you know a band i thought it was he was just always solo i had no idea um yeah he's been in he's been in bands like back in the day before before the forecast the forecast was just him it was just called the forecast okay and then he Stopped writing that stuff and wrote different kind of music and just called himself Joe Renardo. 
Soul. But before that, he was in a bunch of screamo bands. He was in a band called Great Plains, and he was in a band called Doherty. And uh, there's, a, there's another band that I, I can't remember the name of. But yeah, he was in a lot of the screamy bands and then started writing like piano rock stuff. Wow. So. He's yeah. been doing it for a long time. <laughs> I know he's been doing it for a long time because, like you were saying, he's a super talented dude. And I remember the first time that I met him and I saw him play, I was like, wow. It's like, this guy knows his shit. You know, he knows yeah, he knows that board front to back. He knows, like, if he wanted to, and he, I don't know if he does, like, he could probably literally sit right here now with us and write his songs out on, like, a sh- sheet music i mean i'm sure he could do that he's you know he's that musically um skilled you know he knows exactly what he's doing and more joe knows more about music than anybody i've ever met in my life yeah and i haven't i haven't talked to him in a long time i haven't seen him in a long time so i should hook up with him and maybe we'll do uh do a podcast that'd be kind of cool to talk to him yeah he's got definitely He's got a lot to uh, to say and talk about, um, but um, but yeah. So I, you know, I don't know why I was just thinking. I don't know why you're so shocked because you know this is. Um, I'm sure this show is going to be packed um, because I hope so, man. It'll be fun. It's funny. I the last um, the, the, a couple of days ago, I was uh, listening to. Um, your guys is uh, or the the fastest kid alive EPs. I was listening to mm-hmm. you know listen up and just a little brighter and like the first thing that popped into my head was like, man, I miss MySpace because <laughs> yeah. for, for some reason yeah for some reason it brought me back to because I don't know that's just what I remember. I associate like that style of music with MySpace. And I know there was oh, many yeah. types of music going on. It was either like, it was either that you would, the bands you would hear on MySpace were that kind of pop rock style that The Fastest Kid Alive was, or they were, they were hardcore screamo somewhere, you know, along those lines. It was usually, yeah, you know, one of the, or I guess post hardcore, you know, that too. But I don't know, for some yeah. reason, that was just the first thing that popped into my head. I don't know. <laughs> Random. Yeah, it was a great time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we I all miss MySpace. Oh yeah, <laughs> I haven't been back on it. And actually, no, I was back on it the other day. I was trying to find some old pictures of um, yeah of when I was in the projection from like ten years ago, and yeah. it's it's hard to believe it's it's been that long. But that's that's about no. that's about when you guys started was about ten years ago, right? Yeah, January two thousand eight. Oh, it was 08. Okay. I wasn't sure. I know the first EP came out in 08, but I wasn't sure if that's when you guys actually formed or not. I didn't know if you were together before then or not. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was the beginning of January in 2008, and we had another dude that played guitar named Chris, and I wasn't even supposed to be in the Fastest Teller. I, I, I was going to rejoin um, Kidnap and Color, my old band, Oh, a kidnapping color was you? How did I, I not know this? How did how yeah. did I not know this? Wow! I didn't start that band, but I I joined uh, shortly after they started, and I played with them for about a year, hmm. a little over a year, and then I left. And then I was going to go back to them, and Kyle said um, him and Austin had just left the Elation, and they were starting a new band. They had this dude named Chris who wanted to start a band with them, and he said, you know, I know that you're you're not looking for a new band, you're going to join Kidnap again, but would you mind coming to this practice and and 
kind of feeling this kid out and letting us know if he's good. And I said, yeah, that's fine. So I went and I ended up, we, we wrote uh, three quarters of a song called Dance with a Match. And I loved it. Like I, I, it's all I wanted to do. And I ended up somehow going from not being part of this band to joining the band and being one of two singers in this band. And uh, Chris is a super talented dude. So seeing him play and him write and him sing, stuff like that, it was kind of a cool, we have different vocal styles. So it was a cool juxtaposition on that. So I was all in by the end of that first practice. And I, I told Jeanette that I wasn't going to join them. That started a whole like two year fight with bands. And, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was really dramatic back in the day, but I'm glad it happened that way. Yeah. Shortly after that, Chris uh, left the band to school, and we got my brother to join the band, and that's how it stayed. Okay. I know when we played shows with you, um, it was your brother, and that's what I yeah. remember. That's what I remember. I didn't know there was um, a guy named Chris involved. I, I always thought it was you and your brother and Chris. And Who did you guys have playing drums, though? That's what I don't remember. When we started the band, Austin played drums from the Elation. And then he was with us for about a year and then he went to school or focused more on school and we got um I don't know if you know Zane Spiegel. Uh Dan Spiegel, is that what you said? Zane. Zane? Yeah. Okay. Um I mean the name sounds a little familiar. Yeah. Zane used to play drums in a band called Caraway. Okay. And then he joined the fastest kid alive and um he was with us for eight or nine months he played drums on just a little brighter okay and then um we let's see probably like july or august we let him go and i don't really remember the circumstances on that but hmm. Um, he was not playing with us anymore. And then the shows that we played after that, um, Dave Knox played with us. Austin came back and played a few shows here and there just for fun. Um, so it really became like after that, the the fastest kid alive was really just me, Mark and Kyle. Gotcha. And then we had like, you know, someone else play drums for the shows. But as far as like who was the band, it was just Kyle and me and Mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I know like one of the last, promo pictures you guys got taken it was just the three of you guys so yeah that was right around that time yeah okay that makes sense because when i i i went back and i was looking at your guys's facebook and i saw it was just the three of you and i was thinking i was like i guess it was always or maybe by the time we got around to playing shows with you guys maybe it was just the three of you and you had a rotating drummer or whatever i'm not really sure but um but yeah, I did. I did wonder about that. Um, another thing I was thinking about too, as I was listening to those EPs, I uh, was wondering, like, who wrote the songs or the lyrics or the melody lines? If you guys wrote together, or if it was Kyle, because I know like Kyle, you know, has written most of the lyrics for Real Friends, and I didn't know if that was the like the case for Fastest Kid Alive. I never really did hear the the behind the scene writing <laughs> sessions yeah. or how that went down or because listening to it, to me, it's it's just so different from what he does in real friends. And I'm not, yeah. and that's what I was wondering is if it, if he did do 
both like let's say he did lyrics for both i'm thinking man this guy's pretty eclectic like because it's to me it's night and day so yeah no absolutely and i think a lot of that has to do with just the time and what music was like at those times kyle wrote all the lyrics for the best show live as well wow and uh yeah mark and i would throw like random lines here and there but Mm -hmm. nothing you know not even like big pieces it would just be like a line or two here and there in in a song but um i wrote the majority of the music and then uh kyle wrote all the lyrics and then we would kind of come together as a band and put it all together sometimes we'd have lyrics first sometimes we'd have music first um but yeah it was it was pretty much kyle and myself and then my brother would come up with some stuff or i would write parts for him to play and then we'd put it together as a band and uh whoever played drums usually wrote their own drum parts because None of us play drums. My brother plays, <laughs> but he didn't ever write the part. Right. Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah. I just wondered, and I was thinking, if you know, that's the case. That's just, that's cool. I had no idea. That, and I'm glad I know now, because it just made, to me, it made sense to, to think that yeah. way, just because of how Real Friends runs. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that was right. a completely different time to when he started writing stuff for you know, for real friends and whatnot. So, and yeah. even even listening to early real friends compared to when they started, uh, like like the, you listen to the first EP compared to the second one, and and so on and so forth. It does change. I guess it was kind of that transition from writing stuff like the fastest kid alive to writing more of the you know the emo alternative rock or punk, whatever you want to call it, pop punk. You know, yeah. Everyone's got Definitely. their own definition for it, but still different. So that's cool. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, like, looking back on The Fastest Kid Alive, did you guys ever actually have an official breakup, or did the band just kind of <laughs> like, is it just like, okay, Kyle's doing this other thing, and we're going to just go on hiatus so, and do our own thing or I wasn't sure if there was actually an official breakup or not no there, there never was an actual announcement or anything like that we were kind of dwindling down and shows were less and less and uh, he had started Real Friends with Dave about six months before we officially stopped playing shows and he didn't tell me because he thought I would be mad about it mm-hmm. I don't remember it when he when he finally told me, like we were hanging out one night and we were driving to pick up some cigarettes and he we were sitting outside the store and he, he kind of explained it to me and I was like, That's awesome. Cause, like I knew that the the, the biggest problem with the Fastest Day Live is that Kyle was for as much as he was involved in lyrics and music and stuff like that, he was all business and he was super like put a lot of emphasis on we need to promote the band, we need to get people to like our page and, and add friends on MySpace because that's, that's what it was at the time, you know? Oh, yeah. Friends, we need more interaction on the page and, like, he had it all figured out and, like, he knew exactly what he needed to do but Mark and I, I was more about, like, I just want to write music. I don't, I don't want to put the time in to promote a band. Like, that's boring. I want to just write songs and, and make cool music and he understood the importance of the promotional side that I just wasn't I wasn't doing my brother wasn't doing I think he eventually got fed up with it started girlfriends with Dave 
but I, I, and I understand why he thought I would be mad about it, but I, it was quite the opposite. I mean, Dave is a super talented dude. Um, I love the way Dave writes music. I love the way Kyle writes lyrics. And to me, that was just like, oh yeah, this is, this is going to be awesome. And I, I think I was at a point where I wasn't super, you know, I had kind of already accepted that the fact I wasn't going to do anything crazy. So I'd rather, you know, if anybody, and I, I've told people this many times, if anybody deserves to be in that spot, it's Kyle. Like he, he has been working at this since he was 14 years old. And finally with real friends, it paid off and, and he has the success and the acknowledgement that I think someone like him deserves because of how much he's put into it. So to me, it's it's all worth it. Like to, to see how it how it played out and where he's at now and, and doing what he's doing, I think it's awesome. I think he deserves it more than anybody I can think of. But as far as the fastest kid alive, we never announced that we were done. We we had I had a flyer made up for a show that was going to be our final show, and then that show never happened, and then we just kind of stopped talking about it. And then it was hmm. just assumed that because Real Friends was a thing, that the fastest kid alive was done. And I think we were all fine with that, but. Now that it's you know it's, to me this this show coming up is kind of a a final way to to put this thing to bed for good and, and say hey uh, in case you haven't realized we're not a band anymore but <laughs> we're gonna play one more show for fun okay and uh, if it ends up being one show that's that's great but I mean given the response of this and and how excited we all are to get back together and play you know maybe this does become a once a year type of thing or once every couple of years we get together and play a show but. I don't know. It's hard because the people that used to listen to those songs, uh, they were, you know, 16, 17 at the time, and now they're old enough to drink and yeah. play again in a couple of years. We're going to be like, you know, older than that. So <laughs> I don't know how long, what kind of shelf life this thing has, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's going to be, it'll be pure nostalgia. I mean, like you said, that's why when and I first started listening to those EPs just the other day, and not first started, but I I hadn't listened to them. I think the last time I had heard them was probably five years ago. And yeah. so listening to them, it's probably why the first thing in my head was MySpace. So just because of that pure nostalgia fact. But so I guess we can't really call this like a reunion show because you guys never officially broke up. And this yeah. isn't necessarily you guys reuniting and, and starting to, to play a bunch. I mean, Kyle's, his full-time gig is Real Friends, obviously. And while well, Dave, he's, right. you know, he's playing with you guys too. And he's obviously in Real Friends as well. So, um, but that's that's cool. And that's probably, I would imagine that's probably going to bring out some some Real Friends. It'd be kind of cool if there's some Real Friends fans out there that come out and they've actually never really known too much about fastest kid alive and they come out and yeah. they see and they're like whoa this is cool so like this is what kyle did before you know real friends and right things like that and of course i'm sure there's die i'm sure there's there's got to be diehard fans real of uh, fans of real friends out there that realize fastest kid alive was kyle's project before um you know, real friends. I'm sure there is. Yeah, and more so people from from our area right. definitely know that. But there's a lot of kids. I mean, real friends now has uh, an insane following. So there's yeah. a ton of those kids that have no idea who the best kid alive is. And I used to, uh, up until about two years ago, I was I was designing and shipping out all of their merchandise. 
Mm-hmm. So there was one day where I was I was at home and I found a box of like forty fastest kid alive CDs. <laughs> so I just posted on the the real friends Instagram account and said the next forty orders that come in I'm going to throw a fastest kid alive CD in here. It's this Kyle and myself's old band. Um, you know, you might think it sucks, but you're going to get a CD for free. So I <laughs> it and said, "Wow, I had no idea this is Kyle and this is great." Some of them were like, "This album sucks," and whatever. <laughs> Yeah, what am I going to do with 40 Fastest Kid Alive CDs, you know? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, dude, I wish I could say I just had 40 projection CDs. I'm sure you saw the post yeah. The post I put up in the last year. I've got like, oh, there's like s- literally about 600 CDs, <laughs> if not more. There might be about seven. I mean, I've got that many because I was a genius when I was 18 years old when we f- put out our first full-length album. I thought, let's get a thousand you know, because oh we're totally, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're totally, like, a thousand's not that many. We're totally going to sell, you know, because the bulk of the CDs, of the CDs we have is that album, which is, yeah. you know, it doesn't sound as good as what we did after that. So it's like, great, I've got an abundance of stuff that's just like, you know, it's it's teenage, I mean... Band, yeah. band. Who's gonna want to? Who's gonna want to listen to that? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm right. not no, trying. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Uh, it's just, so it's just like because it's you know we were 16 and 17 when we recorded that album, and so it's just like what am I gonna do with all of that? So right. Yeah. I just I I would be in the same boat if we our first album, Festival's first album, we did a digital download, so we didn't actually press physical copies but we could download cards okay so we would hand out like these if you were to show and you wanted to buy the album you would pay like five bucks and we would hand you like a credit card that had a code on the back yeah download it from that code so that's what we did for the first album and for some reason you don't think about it like their cds i mean it's not really any different you're still paying five bucks for the same thing you get music and stuff like that but we got to the point where we'd come home from a tour and we were really promoting the new album when we had some of these old download cards left so we would just give them out to people because mm-hmm. yeah. I think they were like 45 cents a card yep. is what it cost us you know so yeah, it, it's like whatever at that point but yeah I remember when those first came out I think it was probably around that time and I thought oh that's such a cool idea you know, and now yeah, that was a big deal at the time. It was. I think bands still do it. I know they come with. They usually send those when they send out their vinyl um, copies. That's usually when I get them anyway. But I know bands yeah. still bands still actually sell them on their own that way because it like you know like you were just saying it's cheap. So then yeah, bu- it buying ended up CDs being a lot cheaper than yeah than pressing CDs. You just put the MP3s on a card and give someone a code to download and then. It's also, it's cheap enough to where you could use it as just a promotional tool if you want to show, you know, put two or three songs on it and give them out to people at shows. It's only costing you 45 cents a card, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, def- definitely. And I think they're starting to make cars without CD players in them, too. So, you know, there's yes. that There's that going on, too. Yes. So I wonder Times how. very different. Yeah, I wonder how much longer the CD is going to last. I've been thinking about that. I don't know, man. Might not be much longer. You know, I don't know, or yeah. maybe it'll it'll slowly get phased out, and then it'll weird com- to think about. It is weird to think about. I don't know. Maybe it'll never completely disappear, but 
I mean, you better get rid of all those production albums in case the CD dies off. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with them. I just, I, I mean, there was a bunch of people that commented on it. They're like, "Oh, I want one." Of course, I'd have to take the time to send it out to them, and that costs me money. And yeah, so I don't know. I just, I have no idea. But anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> this this show we're talking about, Hometown Throwdown, is. Fastest Kid Alive, Breathe Electric, Breathe Electrics, excuse me, for some reason I'm having a hard time saying that today, uh, Asteria, uh, Joe Renardo, and of course The Forecast, and that's Saturday, November 12th, Centennial Lanes in Tinley Park, which is where you guys used to do those, home. T- well, at least one of them was, was there, I don't know, I know, we, some of yeah, those shows were probably at Mojo's back in the day, I think, weren't Most they? Most of those, yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. Probably all of them. I think we we may have done one at Fiesta. Okay. Oh, weird, gosh. Like, middle Mojo's. I forgot about Fiesta. Man. Yeah. Crazy. That's the... It's gone now. It's like a oh, animal yeah. hospital now or something. But <laughs> it's actually I can I can see it from my apartment right now. Can you really? <laughs> yeah, I live right behind it That's for the funny. next like nine days or something. But yeah, so November twenty fifth at Centennial is the show. Um, doors are at six o'clock. Music will start around six thirty, six forty five, something like that. So it's five bucks. We try to keep it as cheap as possible. Like hey, the man. old days. Yeah, I was going to say, just like the old days. It would have been five bucks back then. So, yeah. Nowadays, totally. so, if, if, uh, shoot, this would have easily been a 10 or $12 show. Yeah. You know, definitely. Probably. If, depending on where it was at, it could have been, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been more than 12, but that probably would have nah, been at least, not. yeah, that probably would have been the most it would have been anyway. So, this is, uh, yeah. It's pure nostalgia. I love the flyer. With did you make the flyer? I assume. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got the little uh, the the is a kick kick uh, sidekick right? Sidekick. So the sidekick T Mobile phone. (laughs) My brother. Yeah, my brother Josh had one of those, and uh, he had it for a long time. He had a couple of them, and that was that was the thing, man. (laughs) That was such a big. I remember. Back in the day when, when we were on tour, I had a sidekick for texting and a BlackBerry for phone call. Oh, God. Man. Which is ridiculous. I had two separate phone numbers. So if you wanted to text me, you had to text one phone number. And trying to explain that to my friends was like, why did you sorry, have... it's just, why did it you was have cheaper two... for me to do it that way. That's so weird. Instead of getting a data package, and like I was just a broke touring musician. I didn't have money for like a fancy all-in-one deal. Yeah. So it made more sense, and it was cheaper to have... You know, your your sidekick for texting and AOL Instant Messenger and things like that. And then mm-hmm. I only had a data package on that. And then I had my, my BlackBerry for phone calls and things like that. So hmm. wow. it was really annoying to carry around two phones. Uh, yeah, that'd be a pain in the ass, man. I had a, I had a BlackBerry as well. And I had, well, I had two. I went through two of them because I was, you know, I went through a phase where I was hooked on them. And then... I went from BlackBerry to iPhone, and I think, yeah, I got my first iPhone in about five years ago, so yeah. that was when iPhone 4 was out, so. Yeah, um, I, made the, I made the same jump. I went to update my BlackBerry, and they were sold out that day, and she said, well, why don't you just take a look at the iPhone? And I was like, I don't want an iPhone. <laughs> and she was like, all right, well, I'll go look in the back and see if I can find the BlackBerry. But in the meantime, you should just at least play with the iPhone and see what you think. And then yeah. by the time she came back, I was like, all right, I'll take the iPhone. <laughs> and I've been there for like 
almost eight years now with an iPhone. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I've had one ever since then. And yeah. my my hang-up was I didn't want a touch screen. I wanted real buttons to press. That was my, yeah. like, big thing. And then I, now I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> so, right, yeah. But for some reason, I was hung up on that at the time. Big I want, change. Yeah, yeah, it is a big change. I wanted real buttons. And now black Blackberries are done. But that, Are they? I don't, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they make Blackberries, dude. I mean, funny. as far as I know, they don't, but because you don't see them, you don't see anybody using them. So yeah, that's true. I, I couldn't I tell you in a long time. No. Yeah. Very long time. And I know when I was in high school, I mean, that was, I don't know if that was the first smartphone, but it definitely was the one that everyone had to begin with. And that was the big thing uh last you know last decade yeah ten, I think you know, the 10 years ago iPhone, pretty much the iphone i believe was the first smartphone was oh yeah that's right duh i knew that so i guess the black what i mean i guess what i mean to say is blackberry was the big thing before <laughs> iphone the the smartphone came out yeah you're right well, yeah blackberry yeah. was not a smartphone i don't know what i'm i don't know what i'm saying it was a big deal though it was a big deal yeah it was it's crazy. Everybody thought they were crazy too. They're like, ah, this isn't gonna work, you know. <laughs> and here we are now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, nuts. Well, um, so what? What songs are, or what I should say, what like moments when you look back at fastest fastest kid alive's career? What moments do you look back and go, oh yeah, that was so awesome. And then, like, what what memories do you look back on and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, that wasn't cool. <laughs> or, you know, just, I, I'm just curious on what, or maybe, like, what songs you look back on now that you thought were so good and you're just, like, now you listen to them and you're like, God, this song sucks, or... You know, or what songs you yeah. listen? What songs you listen to now, and you're still like, this song kicks ass, still like to this day. You know, I mean, how yeah. how has it aged for you? Um, well, it's funny you bring that up because Kyle and I were just talking about this the other day because we both, all of us, have been listening to this stuff a lot to try and remember how to play it and see how yeah. much muscle memory is there and how much <laughs> we got to relearn these songs and stuff like that, but. Um, I know that we're all still, you know, uh, eight years later, almost nine years later, we're all still super proud of Just a Little Brighter specifically. Um, yeah. Very happy with how that one came out, and I think a lot of those songs still hold up today. And I think that if if we were to come out and do that now, it, it might have a better response than it did back in the day, because it was, the market was just oversaturated with bands that were doing that kind of music at that time. And yes. I just kind of became a drop in this ocean of pop rock. Everybody's doing the same thing. And that's not to say that they were bad. Like, there was a ton no. of good bands back in the day. Oh, yeah. But a lot of those bands are not bands anymore, you know? It was no. like a, a flash-in-the-pan type of quick, sad type of music. But um, I think it, it would be received a little bit differently now. But I, I'm still super proud of that album. I love how a lot of the songs came together. Um, one that, that we kind of look back on now and shake our heads is the first song on the first album um it's called singing along Mm -hmm. it's just real bad we but is that the one that's got the the but up but up but or right it's got the but ups uh, in it or am i thinking of a different song there is a a gang vocal type of part yeah um 
that, that that whole thing was kind of thrown together. We had the, the other four songs of the album done, and we booked studio time before we actually finished the album, which was a big mistake. So we had, the night before we were supposed to go into the studio and start recording the album, we had to write the fifth song. And that we spent so much time writing and throwing away and writing and throwing away intros and choruses for that song. And what you hear on the album is like what we were able to finally piece together. And I don't think we were ever like super sold on it, but it was kind of, it was done enough to the point where we were like, yeah, we can put this on the album. Why it became the first track on the album, I don't know. <laughs> um, the first thing people hear is the song that none of us really care for. It was a That's... poor choice, I think. Yeah, that that would kind <clears> of <throat> looking back at it, that would kind of sting. Like the the yeah. you know, the first song on the album that they're going to hear is a song that you think is terrible. Now, right. you know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I like the, my favorite part of that song is that little gang vocal thing going on. Yeah. I think. Um but yeah, I I mean I I agree wholeheartedly with you about the two EPs, the second, you know, just a little brighter, definitely an yeah. amazing EP front to back. I mean, well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and one thing I did notice too, and listening to both of those was that, and I could be wrong. It could just be my ears playing tricks on me because I know obviously you and your brother sound alike because you're related, mm-hmm. but I f- feel like Mark was on the first EP more than the second. Or are my ears playing Maybe. tricks on me? I don't know. I, don't, I never really thought about it. I just felt like I heard him more on, you know, there was more like a back and forth between you two on the first. But like I said. That may have been. I just feel like I yeah. could tell the, you know, the difference. I could tell when he's singing. I can tell when you're, you're singing. And then when it came to just a little brighter, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's mostly Gary throughout this whole thing. And... I you know I didn't... yeah yeah that may be the case I'm not sure I know a lot of the, the first album was written with Chris right so there may have been more vocal parts delegated to each of us on that and then by the time Chris was out of the band and we recorded Mark was already in the band so he just sang the parts that Chris would have sang gotcha so maybe they were written for more two vocalists and then when we actually did the second album there's less of that but gotcha I never thought about it you know you know. I could be I think wrong. Mark does sing a significant amount on the second album, but it may work out to where I end up singing slightly more than he does. And it, like I said, it could just be my ears playing tricks on me, you know? So <laughs> It is hard to tell us apart. Right, it is. But like I feel like I can tell you more apart on that on the Listen Up EP. Yeah. Than, yeah, definitely. Yeah. but I don't even know if my mom can tell us apart. So, you're ahead of the curve there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, I'm, tr- you know, I tried to, and I know how that is because I've had the same issue with my older brother. So, yeah. With Josh, us sounding alike sometimes, but we definitely are distinct in our certain ways, though, too, especially now. His, his style has changed a lot, and mine is, I don't know. Still probably about the same, so yeah. But um, regardless, man, I'm. This is uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, I really like to make it out the show, and I always tell that to you know almost every interview that I have on Pop Punk and yeah. Pizza. I'm like, man, I really want to make it out to your show, but I can never guarantee, and uh, you know, right. just because of how family life is. But 
Sure. Um, if I can't make it there, just know that I want to be there, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, we'd always love to see you if you're able to make it. If not, I totally understand. Yeah, you Yeah, you know exactly how it goes. And yeah, I didn't realize you were so close to moving into the house. You said nine days? Yeah, I close uh, next Tuesday, the 21st. Wow, wow that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Crazy. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> it really is, man. It really is. I mean, the the you know, you and I have kept in touch, you know, the past 5 years mainly cuz when we really started talking was when you were doing designing work for projection and things like that. Yeah. And then we just kind of kept in touch. It's just amazing to see what has happened in the last 5 I know. years. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Especially in in the context of of Fesco Live like Yes. Since we last played together, I have, I have like a real person job now. I got <laughs> married. I'm buying a house. My brother got married. He's buying a house. Yeah, so I know like, all this stuff. Yeah, oh, Mark's buying a house. They close Friday, so like we're we're getting houses within four days of each other. Wow, wow. Yeah, it's wild. And he's been married for what two or three years, or has it been longer? Two, yeah, about two and a half years. Okay, that's what I figured. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. It It is crazy. I bet you look back and, or, you know, like old Gary would think, wouldn't, probably wouldn't expect this, I'm I'm guessing. No, not at all. Old Gary thought that that none of this would ever happen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good for you, man. I'm I'm glad that it's all happened. And, and, you know, I do hope that Fastest Kid Alive actually does do shows every once in a blue moon you know i think it'd be fun and like you said how long it'll last as far as like you're saying the shelf life i know it'll definitely go over well this time because you know you guys were a big name in in our scene and i hope so and i think i think it'll be a lot of fun and and people yeah People love nostalgia. It makes them feel good. And it yeah. reminds them of of days of before, you know, they had to be in the, the full-fledged in the real world, you know? Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> I see it every weekend with a now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to say, because a lot of people come out to your shows. They're coming out for a good time to get away from work. And, yeah, that's all nostalgia, too, louder now. You know, they're playing yeah. stuff from you know, 7, 10 longer years ago so stuff we all grew up on so check out louder now if you guys haven't done so already uh, really really great uh cover band early 2000s emo and and pop punk uh, but pretty much all of last decade it's not just early 2000s it's it's most of yeah it's starting to cover the whole decade now yeah pretty much so and then obviously yeah the show on the 25th November 25th if you're in the Chicagoland area Tinley Park uh you st- I th- think uh 6:30 right and doors open at 6:30 Doors are at 6 or it's 6 yeah the flyers right in front of me I thought it's at 6:30 <laughs> My eyes are playing tricks on me um Sorry. and I think I did you guys I, I just noticed you guys were the fastest kid alive was on Spotify. Is that something new, though? I don't remember you guys being on Spotify before. Yeah, it is new. I, I put everything up about a month ago, um, just in case people wanted to kind of freshen up before the show. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's all it's all up there with the exception of I, I cannot legally put our cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun on there because I'm not the new author. So 
they won't let us put it up there, even though we bought a license to do that. Yes. So you won't be able to hear that. And then that was a good cover, think, by the way. That, I, thank that's, you. That's, that's that's the one I'm interested in. I don't know if we'll remember that, but I someone texted me, a friend of mine texted me last night, asked specifically to hear that song because he's driving two hours to come to the show. So I got to try oh, and wow. talk to the guys. Yeah, I play that. I think you guys have to. You definitely have to put that on the list because that's what I remember. I hope we remember it. I rem- that was one of the the things I remember from first playing with you guys and seeing you guys, and maybe we only played that one show with you guys, but it was definitely memorable. And I do remember back in that day that you guys were so well known that it was like everyone was trying to get on shows with you. And if you did get on a show with Fastest Kid Alive, you were like, you were fucking awesome, you know. <laughs> and the funny thing <laughs> it's is, so crazy to hear now, you know. No, and it's true. Like if you got on a show with fastest kid alive you're banded then you guys were you know you guys were doing all right like it would it it helped uh, give you a boost and and to elaborate further on that i do remember i will say this i remember that one show was it at uh the beecher community center i don't know if you remember playing shows there or not yeah okay so i remember it was projection was playing fastest kid alive was playing i think show and tell was there yep and then dan the lead singer from Real Friends, his old band was on that show. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if they were called Bard K. Couture at the time. I think that was their name because they went through so many different, um, they went through so many different name changes. And I believe it was Bard K. Couture. At the I time. think it was at the time. And he played bass in that band. So, yeah. Um, it's so just funny. so, and I know because we played, Projection played so many shows with Bard K. Couture. And, um, you know, it's just so funny to think where Dan is at now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's that's awesome. Wild. It's I'm happy for everybody. So, um, but yeah, Definitely. man, I'll, I'll let you go. And, uh, thank, well, thank you, you so much for having me, man. I no, appreciate it. no, thanks for taking the time out. Cause you're a busy guy. Obviously you're closing on the house and everything. So, so, sure. um, so yeah, thanks for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll, talk to you soon maybe we'll talk about the the new band and uh yeah have you got yeah have, have you on for that i think that'd be cool because i'd love to talk uh with you and your brother so yeah definitely yeah, i know he'd be super super down to do that well uh we should be announcing that band shortly um i mean like i told you it's not it's not this big surprise thing that i'm trying to keep from people it's just that we want to make sure that everything is in order and we can when we tell people about the band, we have pictures and we have the description of what we do and, you know, some cool stuff for people to look at. So okay. once that's all neatly neatly packaged up, we'll be announcing that. So probably beginning of the year, I would say. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you on sometime next year then. Thanks, dude. <laughs> no problem, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. <laughs> Bye. Good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Special thank you to Gary Weissman of Louder Now and the Fastest Kid Alive for being on the show today. Gary, it's always a pleasure to have you here. And yeah, hopefully I'll have you and Mark on to talk about the new 90s cover band that you guys have going on or you're about to launch. Anything those brothers do is usually super legit and they do a great job with it. So I always try and get them onto the podcast to talk about whatever it is that they're doing because it's always worth it's always worth the time for sure. So uh, thank you for listening to Pop Punk and Pizza. I am Jacques Lamore, your host. Uh, make sure that uh, you like us on Facebook, our Twitter, 
is Pop Punk Pizza Pod. Instagram, Pop Punk Pizza Podcast. And of course, the Bangarang Radio social media pages, uh, Facebook and Twitter, both uh, Bangarang Radio. And if you're a band and you want to be a guest on a show, specifically if you're if you're from the Chicagoland area, I will um, do other bands from across the country and things like that. But uh, I try to get as many in studio in studio interviews as I possibly can. You can always shoot me an email, bangerangradio at gmail.com. Or if you want your music played on the show, I know we didn't have any music today. Usually I do play songs on the podcast, but today it was just kind of different, just kind of getting our feet wet again. So bangerangradio at gmail.com. And shoot me links to your music and about your band and all that fun stuff. And usually we can work something out if uh, I'm digging your music. Um, Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast can be listened to, of course, on bangeringradio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn. And you can also listen and sometimes watch on YouTube. So, And I can't thank you enough for being a supporter of Bangering Radio, Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast, and anything that, honestly, I've ever done. So we're going to be back next week. I'm not sure who's going to be on the show yet, but it's going to keep getting better and better. We can only hope anyway. So hope you have a great week. Keep on a truck, my friend. Whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, I believe in you. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. 